You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with Thomas Harding, our MLB.com Rockies reporter. We're talking about this Colorado Rockies team as spring training gets closer and closer. We'll talk about Larry Walker, who did not get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Non-roster spring invites have been announced this week, um, and then some other possibilities as well. I'd like to start with the more newsy stuff, Thomas, and you have a good story on Rockies.com looking at bringing back the possibility of Carlos Gonzalez, Mark Reynolds. You even throw in Todd Frazier as a possibility. Just the fact that this team is certainly not done possibly tinkering around those corner infield slash outfield spots. Uh, yeah, I mean, now there is there is another way to go here. They have those young guys, um, you know, Ryan McMahon, and also in the outfield, David Dahl, Ramel Tapia, uh, Mike Topman. Those guys are pretty good players too. So there is some thought that they could stay as is. But when you look at this lineup and and you see that they could use one more experienced hitter in there, that's where this comes from. And they are um, at least internally, they're very serious about looking at bringing back a Mark Reynolds or Carlos Gonzalez. And also Todd Frazier has come up as a guy that, that works for them. reason, especially for Reynolds and Frazier, is that they face a lot of left-handed hitting in this division. And frankly, they've struggled against it. They were 13-20 and 20 against the West against uh, left-handed starters and also 20-28 and 28 overall. So they need to be able to move that lineup, manipulate it, to handle left-handed pitching. Now, you figure that uh, a couple of guys who who struggled last year, um, Trevor Story, who struggled for most of the year until the end, and also Ian Desmond, who was injured um, for a lot of the season, you figure they're going to be better. Um, but they also could go back to Carlos Gonzalez, and all of this, all of the possible moves go back to one thing. When they signed Ian Desmond as a free agent last year, five years and $70 million dollars, they talked about him going to first base. It didn't work out because he was injured, but that being part of his profile and the fact he can play in the outfield uh, means that whatever they do, Ian Desmond can kind of bend and shape to fit it. And you think about that division, and, and one of the reasons they struggle against lefties, you think about the lefties on the Dodgers, yeah. for instance, and there's some really good ones with Clayton Kershaw leading the way, obviously, as far as left-handed hitters. Now, Todd Frazier, obviously, throughout his career, has been a third baseman. He would have to be willing to move over to first base if they would bring him in, I assume, because Nolan Arenado's not moving. Yeah, no, yeah, Nolan Arenado's not moving, and Frazier does have some experience at the position, um, so... And his hands and his foot movement tell me that he could be a successful first baseman if, in fact, that were the job. Um, you know, obviously, he doesn't hit for high average, but the way he slugs against left-handers make him, makes him a really viable candidate for this uh, position. All right, another possible move when you look at this team, and one reason is because of those bats that are currently not in that lineup. You have a story about Charlie Blackman talking about the move from the leadoff spot. Now, it seems crazy to talk about this, Thomas, because when you look at his numbers in 2017 in the leadoff spot, really historic. I mean, he was an all-time great leadoff hitter, but you need to fill out all the spots in that lineup. So what would be the... I mean, if he's going to leave that leadoff spot, the first question is where would he go? I assume maybe three. And then who else on that roster could fill the leadoff spot? Yeah, that's, that's the problem that when, when I looked at it, and I know Charlie mentioned it, and one of the impetuses behind the story, us in the Denver media were thinking, 
what if they were to move Charlie? Charlie is such a cerebral type of hitter and ball player and just person, the way that he, that, that, um, you know, he really builds his routine. We're like, I, I'm not sure that he would be willing to do it. So him actually saying that if it were better for the team, um, he would be amenable to it is really kind of big news around here. But the issue is finding another leadoff hitter. Listen, the history of baseball is full of quote-unquote traditional leadoff hitters. They tend to be guys, not a lot of power, a whole lot of speed. The issue with those guys, though, is it's hard for them sometimes to get on base. Um, they, they're not going to walk a lot because the pitchers aren't afraid of the ball being hit out of the ballpark. Now, let's look at some of the all-time great leadoff hitters, guys who've really done big things for that position, whether it's Ricky Henderson, Tim Raines, Paul Molitor. What was a part of their profile? They had... They can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And one of the reasons why Charlie Blackman led, um, had a big on-base percentage was the pitchers were afraid he was going to begin the game or begin an inning, show up, and hit the ball out of the ballpark. So that's the, that's the issue. Can they, can they find a leadoff hitter? Now, they do have Rommel Tapia, who has incredible speed. Um, some of, he had some of the fastest uh, top speeds in the game last year. And after his 0-11 start, he hit 417 for the rest of the season. So he may be able to actually get on base and do those things, but can he break into the lineup? David Dahl looks a lot like, frankly, Charlie Blackman when he came up a couple years ago um, with, with the power he showed at the end of the season. So theoretically you could do that, although if you're breaking in a rookie – and he does end up getting that spot in uh, in the outfield. What better place to put him than between DJ LeMahieu and Nolan Arenado in that three position? That would be nice to do too. So they, it, it looks like they may be able to do this at some point. But I would think this would be something that Bud Black would do occasionally because taking Charlie Blackman out of that leadoff spot is turning your back on a whole lot of power. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, well, the team announced 17 non-roster invites for spring training this week, Thomas, and among them, the club's number one prospect, Brendan Rodgers, who had a great 2017 season, uh, he, and he also checked in on Saturday night with MLB Pipeline's new top 100 listings as the number 15 prospect in the game. Um, still playing shortstop, although he played second base in the Futures game, and a lot of people think he could also be effective at third base. So certainly uh, a guy that can be moved to a spot that's available when he is ready for the big leagues. That's probably not why they want him in spring training this year, though, right? The first time these guys get a chance at spring training, it's just kind of to get a feel for it all and kind of learn what it's like being up with the big leaders. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it is that they, they have to understand kind of where they fit in here. Um, but if I'm, if I'm Brendan Rodgers, and it's funny, I was talking to one of my baseball sources who sees the minor leagues a lot, and he's like, listen, this guy played mostly at Class A. He played some at Double A before getting hurt, but he's closer to the majors than you think. So if he comes to camp and really shows that he can blend in with a major league atmosphere here, there's a chance that you know you can see him before the end of the season, especially if he stays healthy. That's the one thing that he knows he has to do. Um, he's had a few leg muscle is issues um, coming up and a couple of hand things that were just you know just just freak accidents, but. If he can stay on the field, I mean, this is a guy that can help you before the end of the season. It can happen very quickly. But usually what happens is these guys, they get a taste of it in spring training. I remember Nolan Arenado, his first spring training. Then the next year, 
Um, he, he began the year in AAA, but before the end of April, he was in the majors. Trevor Story, um, he, he comes to big league camp, um, does a pretty good job, but you're thinking, where is he going to play because Troy Tulowitzki is here? Well, the next season, um, they end up releasing Jose Reyes. He had you know, gotten into trouble there in Hawaii. They ended up releasing Jose Reyes. And they didn't actually have a shortstop, but they're like, okay, Trevor Story, let's see if you could do it. And that's how he became the shortstop. So when, you, when you're looking at a guy like Brendan Rodgers who could play shortstop or second base, um, I guess if something happened to Arenado, he could move to third. He hasn't done it yet. But if he comes in, plays well, shows that, 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 that he fits in, um, there, there could be a chance you could see him sooner than you think, even though he's only played a few games at the double-A level and mostly at the – um, a, a and high A levels. He's always been very focused. Uh, John Mayo and my Jonathan Mayo and myself did some stories with Brennan back when he was in high school, leading up to that draft when he was MLB Pipeline's number one prospect. He ended up going in the top five, obviously, um, but very focused even back then. And good to see him moving quickly now through the minor leagues. Just 21 years old, and you mentioned it up to Double A. He'll probably start there and move on to Triple A if all goes well this season, and then who knows? All right, one more thing to get to, Thomas. That's Larry Walker. He missed out on the Hall of Fame, his eighth year on the ballot. 34.1% is obviously a long way from 75%, which you need in order to get into Cooperstown. And Walker actually spoke up a little bit. Um, The quote, this came out of a Canadian news source, I believe. Um, His quote was, I played for a major league team that happened to be in Denver. If that's a problem and there's going to be an issue, then get rid of the team and move it elsewhere if it's going to be that big of an issue. No needles went in my butt. I played the game clean, but I played in a ballpark, and it's almost like Coors Field is my PED. Obviously, he makes a good point. The numbers are amazing. We talked about it before the official votes came out that, Thomas, you kind of view him as as a Hall of Fame caliber player. Um, every once in a while, when you get to the end of a guy's run on a ballot, you'll you'll hear these them get frustrated. And you can't blame players because here they are every year, this comes around this time, and people pick apart their games or say positive things, and then the vote totals come out, and they don't get in. It has to be super frustrating. And yeah, it does, and especially for this particular franchise because it's not like you have three or four franchises that have the altitude, out-of-altitude situation where um, here's the problem that I believe that so many people in the media and, frankly, stat analysts just completely miss ignore and don't even understand when you talk to them. Here's the situation, is when you are adjusting from, from here to the other places at sea level, it, the way they think is, okay, you're playing this weird baseball here, then you go to sea level, and you snap back to being your normal self like everybody else. That is not the case. When you go back to sea level, you have to adjust to how the ball breaks. And, to, and it's like Dante Bichette says, that same pitcher that had that very flat kind of lazy sinker all of a sudden goes from, you know, a, a triple, something that looked like a triple-A guy through it to Kevin Brown at, um, in his prime. That is the issue here. And I, I don't think people get that. And the way that um, Larry Walker played, and I believe that his road numbers for his career, now some of that was in Montreal and St. Louis, but his road numbers for his career were equal or maybe even better than Ken Griffey Jr. Um, that's where 
I don't know. People just say, oh, Coors Field, and just mark the ballot. Um, obviously, it's nice for sports writers to vote, and certainly, you know, when, when my time comes, I'll vote. Um, I'll, I'll, I will proudly vote, but some of the lack of attention to it and just things that happen in the voting just in general uh, really bother me that, that our profession is paying so little um, attention to things. Yeah, and we'll see how much of a boost he can get uh, in the next two years, but obviously a, a big hill to climb for Larry Walker and... Um well, it's going to be a tough one, but maybe the Veterans Committee, who knows, maybe down the road somehow he finds his way into Cooperstown. The numbers are certainly impressive. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Rockies edition. For Thomas Harding, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.